Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to roll. Tim's back from Florida, not even looking that lobsterish. And Stacy's back from Paris after having a good time overseas. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Why don't we start there? That that was a that was a great trip. It seemed like the players, the coaches, everybody had a lot of fun, including our own Stacy King. Yeah, uh, Mark, it was an awesome trip. Had three days <laughs> off. Uh, got a chance to see the Eiffel Tower. Got to go to all the see Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa is the name. <laughs> uh, we had a great time. I think all the players had a great time. They looked fresh. I was really surprised yeah. with the way they came out and played that game against uh, Detroit. Had a lot of energy. They didn't look fatigued at all. Uh, great having DeMar DeRozan back, and it was, it was a good win. That's two wins in a row. Uh, before we went out to uh, Paris, we beat Golden State at home, so that was a big win yeah. for us. And Vooch. so, And Vooch had a huge game. So that's, uh, you know, we're starting to look good now. Let's get back to the the Paris trip. I saw on your social media, posted a bunch of photos from the Eiffel Tower, different uh, museums and stuff. Uh, you normally don't go out that much on the road, but you made a point to get to see all the sites in Paris with uh, well, Adam and uh, Mark Brady and yes. some of the security guys. Yes. No, no, we didn't go into security guys because we didn't need security. Okay. We don't need security. I'm, I'm a man of the people. Okay, I was voted one of the sexiest men in Paris. <laughs> you don't need security when you when you when you're one of the sexiest men in Paris. Well, sometimes that's exactly why you need security. Yeah, we had we had a we had a, I had a you know a German escort. You know, we had a, a model. Uh, she escorted us around Paris. Uh, mm -hmm. She's from Chicago. Uh, her name is Susanna. Shout out to Susanna, who's right now in Mannheim, Germany. She went back to Germany, uh, but she took us around uh, Paris and showed us a good time, a real good time, mm -hmm. real real good time. <laughs> I mean. No, come on, guys. Get your minds out the gutter. Yeah, okay, Mr. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no. Hey, if you're watching the YouTube feed, you see, the, you see, you see the cover, Stacey in Paris. Listen, it's like, hey. Yeah, yes. they sold three copies, I heard. Wow. wow. I hate Tim's him. ready to go. He's got his own material. There you go. There he's, got he's been saving up that one. He, he's been waiting to All say that. Day. Yeah, look All at him. Day. Look at him. No, but seriously, though, no, we had a great time. It was, it was a lot of fun because I went there – I think when I was 25 mm -hmm. and I didn't really appreciate all the things at that age. I didn't appreciate the artwork, um, the architecture, the buildings. You know, I didn't I didn't really appreciate like I do now that I'm in my 50s. Yeah, uh, I have an appreciation for art. I have appreciation for, you know, the structures of the buildings and the history that went along with Paris. And so 
I really enjoyed this trip. I really enjoyed this trip. And I didn't know because I haven't been. I mean, I went there in 1993. So it's been a long time. So um, going there this time, things have changed. You know, the, the previous time I went there, you couldn't get up in the Eiffel Tower. They were doing construction. So to be able to get up into the Eiffel Tower, uh, you know, as high as it was. Oh, man. Woo, America. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like Empire State Building. Seriously, like yeah. you know, there's still levels you can go up, and they were doing construction. But where we were at, you know, they have a, a you know a big you know circular you know path that you can walk around with telescopes. You can see the whole city of Paris. Uh, it's even better when the night when the the nights come up. You know, when the lights come up, we're walking out, no no expectations. We were like, all right, we spent the whole day at the Eiffel Tower. It's really awesome, dude. Then the lights kick on, boom, and it makes the Eiffel Tower like gold. And then all of a sudden it, it lights up like a Christmas tree, like all these white lights. And it is one of the coolest things you'll ever see. So while Stacy was in, in Paris, uh, Tim was getting back from Fort Myers, Florida. Tell, tell the folks about your adventures in Fort Myers, Florida. Well, no more psychos. So yeah, that no, going you got forward. rid of that guy. Yeah. And then uh, my neighbor insisted on taking down a tree with me. Yeah. Except he's 90 years old. He shows up yeah. early Sunday morning, sawing away. He's like, you don't need a chainsaw or anything. I, I got this. And telling me I'm doing it wrong, pulling the saw back out of my hands. and He's just doing it manually with an old-fashioned yeah. saw? Yeah, and then, he's like, you can, and then he's like, you can go back inside. I got this. I'm like, okay. So wow. that's a, that was pretty impressive. So uh, how, how's the new home coming along? It's great. So all set and ready to roll. So when Stacy and I want to get, go down there and then take advantage of it, you know, it's open, right? We should head out next week. <laughs> get away from this cold weather. It's not going to happen, Mike. Don't, don't listen to this. This guy, and this guy, the door will be and there's locked. A, the there's door a stunt baton there. To- you know what? If we, if we even get up on the property, we'll be arrested. <laughs> so don't even listen to that. Yeah, I did put you on the do not let in list. But see, see, see. You know what? You know what? Well, no. craziness follows, Tim. You had a police chase in your neighborhood today? Yeah, I'm, uh, that'll be on the news tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't ask tell you for us a comment? little bit about that. Tim. And, and, they, and they apprehend that. the guy between my neighbor's house and my house. Right. And uh, I guess there's three guys, but one of the guys ran on foot after crashing a Mercedes or something he was trying to steal. And and uh, so yeah, I got on my ring camera. One of the cops walking up screaming and saying, hands, hands, up, "Hands up! Get your hands up!" Yelling, <laughs> you know. And you know what I said, America. You know, the police came out there. They said, hey, you know, hey, put your hands up, you know. And hey, it was, no one got shot. No one got, the ambulance didn't come. You know, I don't know why, but it didn't happen. It doesn't they, sound bad, does it? I think it was Pava looking for his paycheck. I, I don't know. All, all I know. All I know is that ring camera is pretty cool. I like yeah. that ring. That ring. No wonder why when I come there, he doesn't answer the door. I always act like he's gone. You can see me in the ring camera. Wow. Wow. And you hear the click. Yeah. Okay. So now I know that the ring camera works. I'll be saying, open the damn door, Tim. I know you see me. That's right. Tim's not just screening calls. He's screening visits no. as well. No, you got you to do what you got to do these days. Larry the lobster. Sure. Larry the so lobster. I just got renewed my concealed carry yesterday too. So oh, I tell you, look at let's look at this hot sauce yeah. right here. Let's want to sell this hot sauce, America. This is how red Tim is. If you're not seeing this right now, <laughs> I, you may not be able to see the color right now. But this is as red as Tim is right now. He's about as red as this this bottle right here. It's not too bad. Look. <laughs> so the Bulls are back from Paris, refreshed and rejuvenated. They've got four games coming up this week. If you're optimistic, Stacy, you could say they got a shot to win all of these and have a six game. Uh, you know what? Week. You know what, Mark? Since you just brought that up, okay, I, I just got a complaint. All right, okay. We 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 flew 16, 17 hours back and forth. You know, for five days for one game. NBA has no sympathy know, for for any of us. You know, they just don't. And you know, I'll probably get fined. I'll blame it on Tim. 
Um, but at the end, you know, here we are now. We we go 17 hours over to France, play one game, fly all the way back, took nine hours to fly back. Okay. We got a game on Monday, back to back with Indiana and Atlanta, Monday and Tuesday, fly to Charlotte, then fly to Orlando for the weekend. It's like yeah. How in the world are you going to make the Bulls after just going over there and, and having to do their responsibilities? Because it wasn't just playing basketball. You know, they had, you know, PR stuff they had to do over there. So you were working, you know. So and then to be able to have to come back and fly, you know, on the East Coast because you're, you're, you're still, you know, your mind is still stuck on the time change. You know, like I was going to bed, honestly, in France, like six in the morning. You know, while you guys were, you know, <laughs> I know what you were doing. It was the afternoon or something, but it was like 8 o'clock, I think, your time. And I was going to bed. I was trying to stay on true to Chicago time, but that that failed after two days. <laughs> that, that wasn't working. So, and I'm still, and I came home on Friday. We got in at 1 o'clock, but once we went through all customs, we got we got out of customs by 4. We had to wait for our bags. So I wasn't at home until 5 o'clock. And you know what I did on my way home when I came home, Mark? You know, you think I would just go home, get in the bed and relax? I went to the Future concert. All right. Yes, yes. I took my kids <laughs> to the Future concert, and I'm gonna tell you something, America. That was the best decision I made. <laughs> I had, I, I mean, between taking naps in between acts, I had a pretty good time. Naps in between acts. That's, yeah, that's, every, you know, every time because you know it, it took 30 minutes for the next act to come right. on, so I was like taking power naps, 30 minute naps. <laughs> I had one of my boys wake me up, wake me up when the next guy comes on, and then I wake up. So I did about four times, you know. But I, I had a really good time. I didn't know Future was that. I listened to Future's music, but I didn't know he was that good in concert. And they brought out Lil Durk. They brought out G Herbo. They brought out a lot of Chicago uh, drill rappers, uh, which was a surprise because they were not on the marquee. You, they was like Future and Friends. So it could have been anybody. In Atlanta, it was Little Baby, and they had some other people. Um, but they had uh, ESTG, who's a big-time rapper out of Memphis. They had uh, Lil Durk, G Herbo. Uh, some female acts out of Chicago. I didn't really get their name. Little Jeremy was on there. So they had a really, really good card. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, Tim, that's not up to speed with some of those acts, right? No, he just no. listens to Clay Aiken. You know, when Clay Aiken <laughs> had a concert and uh, Howdy Doody came to town, you know, you know the ventriloquist, the little doll, Yeah, uh, Tim was there. There was only three people. And he, Tim he, had he a is box really, seat. He is really good, though. <laughs> yeah, look at him. One, one of the most <laughs> underestimated acts of 2022. Clay Aiken is what, that's what they call, we were in Vegas one time, right? We're playing, we're playing this, uh, you know, playing uh, craps. Yeah. And so, Tim gets kind of gets into it with another guy, you know. So the guy's, hey, Clay Aiken, because he called him Clay Aiken. And so it kind of stuck on the trip. It was pretty funny, you know. And then, you know, we have, there's a whole story to all that, but I don't want to get into it right now because what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. There was a big event uh, going on in Paris. Derek Jones Jr. got engaged and it was all caught on videotape. It was a pretty nice moment. Congratulations to DJ. He's a great kid, man. You know, um, so so good to see him finally getting some consistent minutes too. He's playing really, really well. Uh, you know, with uh, Javante being out, it's given him opportunity to to get some meaningful minutes, and he's playing well. I mean, he, he had I think he had four dunks yeah. in that game. Like he was flying all over the place. And then I guess engagement will do that to you. You know, you just feel like you want to jump out of the gym after you get engaged. <laughs> I don't know that feeling. I don't know that feeling, America. Because I'm one of the ten most sexiest bachelors, you know, in Chicago. Mm -hmm right now so i don't know that feeling you're watching on youtube you see the photo of Derek jones and his lovely fiance with the ring a very nice moment for them uh obviously everybody enjoyed the trip and they're back and and, and billy talked about the fact afterwards that 
got a chance to do some things away from the basketball court as a team. Zach said he had a great time. He'd love to go back to Paris. So, you know, the hope is, like we've been talking about all year, could this be the thing that brings the team together and gets them on a, on a surge where they can move up the standings in the East because they're only like three games out of sixth place right now? Well, i tell you what. I mean, I, I said this all along with this team. I, I look at it to be liking it to what Boston went through last year in the first half. First half, Boston was, you know, they were talking about trading guys. Yeah, uh, There was so much disarray in the locker room, but they figured it out in the second half and had one of the hottest, you know, teams in the second half of the season and parlayed that all the way to the finals. I can see the Bulls doing that. Um, you know, they, they've got enough talent to win. When you look at the three guys, you know, DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch, that's three guys every single night that can get you 25 or more every single night. Now, when all three of them are clicking at the same time, the Bulls are tough to beat, and it takes pressure off some of these younger guys. And what's going to notice is Patrick, Patrick Williams has played pretty well, you know, for the last month. I mean, he's been the Bulls' most consistent outside shooter. Kobe White can't say enough about him. Remember, remember I told people in the very beginning before the season he started, everybody's talking about trade Kobe, yep. trade Kobe. What did I tell you, America? What did I tell you about the kid? I told you he was going to be better. I told you he was going to shoot the ball. I told you his handles are better. And now you look at him. He comes in there. He makes a huge difference. And he's kind of eaten into, you know, into the minutes of some of these other guards. Right. So, Dragic isn't playing as yeah, much. Dragic, well, they're, they're trying to save Dragic. They, yeah. they don't want they don't want to utilize him so much. Trying to get They're trying to keep him in that 20, the 25-minute range and try to keep him away from back-to-backs because they, they know uh, where he's going to be val- add values in the playoffs. I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our friend, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. Are we going to give the Sriracha crew another shot? Or? No, I'm giving it to Tim. Tim's no, going to get yeah, Clay Tim, Aiken. Yeah, Clay, no, Clay Aiken. No, Clay Aiken. Go ahead, Tim. Nope, I got to refuse. No, no, no. I do. Why, because you run a juice cleanse? That's another fabrication of reality. Let's not go there right now, Mark. <laughs> All right, Sriracha <laughs> crew, you're up. All right, oh, they've been God, practicing, boy. I guess. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. All right, there we go. Nation. Uh, oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It should have been me. Nationwide is on your side. I think Steve Stone and Benetti just Let me tell in. you something. America. America. There's a reason why they're the third option. Okay? <laughs> they're the third option in this this, this singing uh, groups that we have here. Uh, that was awful. I just want to say that was awful. I think I think, I think. think we may just have to make that a single person singing. Yeah. It might be D. Maybe. Uh, cause, uh, you know, Francisco, Francisco sounds like he lost his vocal cords in a, <laughs> in a crap meat. And, uh, you know, Nick, I don't know. You sound like you've been eating uh, cactus. So <laughs> swallowing them. <laughs> so I don't know. Dry throat. Dry, dry, dry. So nationwide. There you go. Is on your side. Woo-hoo! Oh, America, the Golden Pipes. I'm sure Jeff, Jeff Vukovic is saying thank you that Stacey yeah, wow. rescued this segment. Yeah, make sure let me tell you something. You you did, y'all, did y'all hear, different, did y'all hear, did y'all hear me say I did. That was good. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just want to throw that out there. America, I'm an international man. Okay. I'm worldwide. Touchdown 49ers. We are coming at you on a Sunday evening while the oh 49ers and Cowboys That's what are going I'm talking on. about. Christian McCaffrey right up the gut for the go-ahead touchdown. These, these, we'll talk about the football games later, but it's been a boring weekend. Blowouts, not great football, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later. Before we bring in our special guest, you know, last uh, live show we had with Eddie Johnson, the former Illini great, and he was fantastic guest. This week, 
We've got Detroit Pistons analyst Greg Kelser. He was the running mate with Magic Johnson on that 1979 championship team. He was the guy catching all the alley-oop passes from Magic Johnson and throwing down some really incredible dunks. So we're going to visit with Greg in just a couple of minutes. So let's take a look at the league as, as we get ready to bring him in. And Stacey, the hottest team right now has been the Denver Nuggets. They look like they're kind of pulling away from the field in the Western Conference. Long way to go, but it seems like that combination of Jokic and Murray and Porter Jr. is going to be pretty tough to beat out West. Well, I, I've been saying this all along with this team. Once, they, once they're able to get Jamal Murray up to speed and he starts to play uh, like he did, you know, like he did before he got hurt, which he's starting to do now. I think he had a triple-double the other night. Uh, Jokic is on his way for third MVP. Uh, Aaron Gordon is playing out of his mind. They, they, they're they just the best team in the Western Conference right now. They, they're big. They're athletic. They can defend. They can score. They can shoot. You got a big man uh, who's really who, – how you defend him? I mean, seriously, how, how do you defend Jokic? I mean, you can't you can't put anybody on him. You put a small guy on him and try to frustrate him when he brings the ball to the floor. He just overpowers you. Uh, he, he can score with either hand, and he's such a, a really, like, top-notch passer – in their offense. I mean, he re- they play through him, and he gets everybody easy shots. Memphis had won like 10 or 11 in a row. That streak got snapped Friday night when they went into L.A., and they basically choked in the last two minutes, and the Lakers won the game. But the big story in that game was was the confrontation just before halftime where Shannon Sharp was was yelling at a couple of the Memphis players. And first of all, it was – was it Brooks that was the first guy involved? Yeah, was, and then Stephen Dylan, Adams came Dylan, over? It was Dylan yeah. Brooks, and then it was uh, T. Morant, which is John Morant's father. Yeah. And um, listen, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, and we say this about regular fans, too, they are entitled to say whatever they want. They pay their ticket. They, they pay their money. They can say whatever they want. Now, when they cross the line going from verbal to physical, that's a different story. Yeah. OK, Shannon Sharp, even though he's a former football player, Hall of Fame tight end. He paid for those seats. He's sitting in the front row. He can say whatever he wants to say. Think he he pay, want, you think he paid for those seats? Well, it doesn't matter. He was there. Okay. <laughs> he was sitting there marking. You weren't. Okay. So, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he can say whatever the hell he wants to say. As long as he doesn't get up and put his hands on someone or like that, then so be it. But these guys, you know, these players, they got to understand, like, you know, you say something back to to a guy like Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp's not your regular fan. This dude no. is like six foot five, you know, two hundred and forty pounds of muscle. Like he got his earlobes have muscles in it. I mean, <laughs> everything is muscle, you know. And um, he's not a guy to be messed with because he got that old man strength too. Not only, not only. I mean, he he's like that. Look at that picture right there, America. See that picture. Yeah, that's that's what that's what my dad looked like. That's what my dad looked like when I bowed up, like when I was 18 years old and I bowed (laughs) up to him and I said, I'm a man. I don't have to do anything you tell me to do. And then my dad said, Uh, I said, oh, you're going to learn today. And then and then then you drop he dropped the chicken. He had had the Kimbo sliced chicken in his beard. He just dropped the chicken and raised up for the table. And then all of a sudden, you know, Stacey's getting ready to get a two piece. But I Usain Bolt out of the house, baby. Couldn't catch the king, baby. I was was gone. And and you know that Shannon Sharp's always in a bad mood because he has to work with Skip Bayless every day. So if that doesn't put you in a bad mood, I don't know what would. Well, he almost smacked him two weeks ago. Yeah. I was really hoping he would. Yeah, after after those crazy. Crazy comments. He boycotted the show for one day. Yeah. yeah. And he, then he came back. And you know what, though? The, the checks are too big to walk away from that. But I'm sure if, if he had his druthers, he'd much rather have a different partner. Well, yeah. and then, and then you know, as good as Shannon is on that show, you know, Skip Bayless has a lot of juice. Yeah. You know? So that's why he's still he, on the he air. Could, he, mm-hmm. could, he could work it to where Shannon never worked for Fox again. He'd have to go to ESPN. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that was the whole Shannon Sharp thing was hilarious. And then after the third quarter, he and T. Morant were hugging already. So they, they, it was all good. T. Morant, uh, a.k.a. Usher. Okay. Yeah, he looks exactly yeah. like you know. First, okay, America. Here, here's what I don't understand. There's the, there's there's the right hug. There. there it is, right there. Hug there. it out. Yeah, there it is. So here's what I understand. Like, is it so bright in the arena that you have to wear sunglasses? <laughs> I, I, I just no, his sun's future is so bright. He's got to wear shades. I've never understood how anyone can sit in the game with sunglasses yeah. on and watch sunglasses. I just watch a game with sunglasses on. I just, is it the cool factor? Like I want to let everybody know I'm in the front row. And so if I wear sunglasses, they'll draw more attention to me. Or do you have glaucoma? I mean, is there a medical <laughs> reason why you have the blue blockers on? I mean, you really got a problem. Put the blue blockers on. Okay. Walk out them big square, you know, professor X, uh, what's the guy named that shot the thing out of Cyclops? Yeah. Cyclops. You know, shoot yeah. the Cyclops thing. You know, I mean, come on, man. The sunglasses <laughs> need to stop, man. That's terrible. Hey, Greg Kelser's in the Sriracha waiting room. So we're not going to keep him waiting any longer. We're going to talk about the NBA, his trip to Paris. Of course, he was doing the TV work for the Pistons and the glory days back at Michigan state. Uh, that's next on give me the hot sauce. We're going to, we're going to delay the Christopher Walken uh, hot sauce pitch in just a bit. That's coming up as well. So keep it right here. Welcome back to Give Me the Hot Sauce. Time to welcome in our special guest this week. He is Greg Kelser, the TV analyst for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, our older listeners and viewers will remember his days at Michigan State as the running mate for Magic Johnson as they went on to beat Larry Bird for the 1979 NCAA championship, followed by a great NBA career. And he was also in Paris uh, with Stacy over there when the P Bulls played the Pistons. Greg, welcome into the show. Uh, how was Paris for you? Stacy just talked about all the sightseeing he did and had a great time. How was it for you guys uh, with the Pistons? Oh, likewise. We had a great time, too. We, we were there uh, almost five days. And, uh, you know, it gave us a chance to, to experience the lifestyle, the culture, uh, appreciate um, the great city of Paris with all its history. Uh, I'd never been there before. I've been to Europe, uh, but I'd never been to France. So for me, it was particularly, uh, uh, a, you know, uh, a thrill to, uh, to get to, to do that. And, and uh, at, at some point, we, I guess we all had to realize that the Pistons and the Bulls, that we were there to play a basketball game. But uh, the three days prior to the game were, were a lot of fun. I, I actually uh, climbed the, the Eiffel Tower as far as they would let us go anyway. They were doing some <laughs> but uh, that, was, that, was the, uh, that was a highlight for me. We got a chance to go to the, uh, uh, the home of the uh, ambassador, U.S. ambassador to France, uh, to Paris. Um, and, and that was a thrill. Had a, a night out at the opera. And then a basketball game, and then we flew back. And I'm still trying to uh, kind of recalibrate myself. Talk a little bit about the game and, and the experience, uh, you know, the game ops and, and everything that they put together. I kind of felt like it was an all-star caliber game because there was a who's who's list. We had Naomi Campbell out there. Magic was at the game. We had Little Baby. Uh, Pharrell was at the game. I mean, there was all these stars at the game, right. and it just felt like it was an all-star caliber feel. You know what's funny, uh, Stacey? Uh, Urban Johnson, uh, you know, he didn't even, Magic didn't even know there was a game. He was there on business and to celebrate his wife Cookie's uh, birthday. Really? And Yeah, and he was staying at the same hotel as our owner, Tom Gorris. And they ran into, uh, in, into each other in the lobby and like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, you know, hey, we're here because there's a basketball game. What basketball game? Uh, really? Okay, <laughs> well, why don't you come on out? That's how it all started and ended for uh for him so he was able to do three or four things in one trip wow i did not know that 
and yeah. he, he ended up sitting right next to the commissioner in the front rows. Magic doesn't yeah, have a tough yeah. time getting a good seat, does he? No. Nah. <laughs> show up and, and you got front row, huh? <laughs> yeah, he, hey, listen. Stacey can probably do that with three championship rings. Hey, listen, you know, I'm just a man sitting next to the man, G. You know, I'm just, you know, hey, I just I just ride the coattails, baby, ride the coattails. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg, people forget that back, back when you and Magic were playing together at Michigan State, you were getting a lot of the headlines because you were the high-flying guy who was throwing down those alley-oop dunks and people love watching you play and magic of course came in with a lot of fanfare in the Michigan state, but you guys took Larry bird down in the championship game. And that was one of the most watched college basketball games in history. What are your memories of that, of that championship game against bird and, and all the hoopla surrounding it? Well, I'll, I'll back up to when we first got urban. I, I was my, after my sophomore year at Michigan state by today's standards, I could have probably been the second or third pick in the draft. Averaged 22 points and 11 rebounds a game at Michigan State in the Big Ten as a sophomore. But guess what? We were a 500 team, so who knew? Who cared? We get <laughs> Urban, and now all of a sudden, my junior year, we we make it to the re- to the regional finals, almost get to the Final Four, and everybody knows who Michigan State is. And then the next year, we win it. So that's what he brought. He brought the the opportunity to win. Stats be you know stats down the drain. Everybody's gonna get your stats when you're winning, and um, that's the thing that I'm most appreciative of my two years spent playing with Urban Magic Johnson at Michigan State. We we were the, one of the best teams in the country, and uh, we were able to culminate it with a championship. And And I think the thing that cements it in stone for us and in the memories of a lot of people, um, and even people who may not have even been living at that time because they play the game every year, you had Urban and you had Larry, two of the greatest to ever play, two that are credited with bringing the NBA back to prominence. Uh, compete in that game. So it has shelf life. You know, it's been 43 years now since we we played that game, but almost 44 years since we played that game, but it's still talked about like it happened four years ago. And, and you know, so I, I'm very proud to have been in it, to play a part in it, to have won it. And, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, it has helped. And I, I don't know, Stacy may feel the same way. When you're part of a winning team, when you're part of a championship and his was at the NBA level. Mine was in college. Uh, but what it does, it, it you're a champion forever. No one can ever take it away. And it will open some doors for you perhaps later on. I've been a broadcaster far longer than I've been a basketball player. And I got to believe that maybe being a part of that team has helped in, in many ways. Talk about, because we all know, you know, how Magic Johnson's personality is, you know, and, um, you know, I, I remember seeing those games, you know, in that 79, you know, Final Four. You were, and then so you young, see, you were a young boy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so when he came on campus, like, yeah. what was the feeling? Because it seemed like he could have went anywhere he wanted to go. And oh, yeah. So talk a, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Like, what was his personality? Was it like what we see now that people see him you know, when he was the Lakers, the smiling, uh, you know, happy-go-lucky, but you know, the killer is there? You know, was he, a, was he like he is now? Uh, much the same in terms of the competitiveness. And yes, he had the smile. He's always had that. He's always had that zest and zeal, the exuberance for playing basketball. And he's always won. Every place, I don't know that he's ever had a losing season, ever. Wow. Um, when I met him, I was uh, a senior in high school. He was a, a sophomore in high school. And Michigan State was recruiting us both with the idea that if we could, you know, if we get them both there, uh, we could contend for a championship, maybe win one. And that was the selling point to me, being that I was two years early, two years older. Come, we're going to load this thing up and, and we'll be ready by the time you're a junior or a senior. Um, 
when he got on campus, uh, the thing that that really impressed me was his 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 acumen, his basketball knowledge. He, he was very very smart. And he was 17 year old at that time. By the time his time the season started, he was 18. But uh, but he 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 came in as a leader. The leader that you saw that most people were familiar with, with him being a leader of the Lakers, the exact same thing he did at Michigan State. He came in with the idea of of, of helping us win, win right away, making everybody a part of it, putting on a show, entertaining the, the crowds, be it on the road or, or at home, but most importantly, winning. And, and that's what we were able to do. That's what he brought. He, he, uh, he, he didn't have, I mean, he had a confidence, he had a cockiness, but it was a, a good, you know, a good natured cockiness. Uh, as a competitor, he was second to none. He wanted to win in everything. And, uh, and we let him lead. We, we let him lead. He and I were co-captains. We led, you know, differently. I did it more you know, with my actions and the way I played, the way I worked, the way I worked out, and the way I prepared, he did it with all of that. Plus, he was very, very boisterous. Younger fans have gotten the chance to uh, relive the Bulls dynasty through the uh, documentary series that was put out, the ten-part series that came during the pandemic. And Magic Johnson has mm-hmm. really blown up recently. He did like a four-part series on Apple TV, some really revealing interviews. There was a series on the Lakers on Hulu. And then that crazy show on HBO called Winning Time where they had actors playing the parts of basketball players. Did you see yeah. any of that? And did, did any of the Michigan State stuff uh, surprise you with the liberties they took with reality? I saw some of it. It is still on my watch list. The entire thing, I plan on binge watching it. I just haven't had the, the, you know, the full 10 or 12 hours to do it just yet, but it's my intent on watching it. But I saw, I saw enough of it to know that there was some definite creative liberties. <laughs> uh, not, just, not, not with, not just with the Michigan state, time, yeah, but yeah. also, you know, that whole Laker thing, uh, I was close enough to it to, uh, to say, uh, 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 that's, that's, that's not, that didn't happen. That's not how that went. But I tell you what, and a lot of people understood that who were watching it, they didn't care. They were entertained by it. Right. And that's what mattered. Talk a little bit about your big game against Notre Dame, because we like I look back at some of my big games in in the tournament, and that's where you really want to have your big games. You you had 34 Mm -hmm. points, I think 13 rebounds against Notre Dame, which had like four NBA guys on there. Uh, Bill Hanslick, you had uh, uh, Orlando Woolridge was on that team. Bill Lane Beer was on that team. And then Kelly Tribuca was on that team. Uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that game because I saw some video, baby. I said, "Oh, baby, look at G. He over there dunking on everybody. He got like four or five dunks running the floor like a gazelle." Well, you know what? That I remember. That was our best game, uh, even better than the championship game. And it was pretty, it was pretty well thought that the winner of that game probably would win it all. Win it all. Notre Dame had gone to the Final Four the year prior, um, and I think they lost to Duke in the Final Four, and then Duke lost to Kentucky. Uh, we lost to Kentucky that year by three points, or we would have been in the final four that year too. But um, Notre Dame was was a team, unlike today, uh, guys, when, you know, every game is on TV, uh, all over the country. It wasn't like that in 1979. You may have been lucky enough to get two or three regular season games on television, on national TV, and then whatever you might get in the tournament. But you had to get to the tournament first. Well, Notre Dame, they were on TV all the time. Notre Dame and UCLA, they were the two uh, exemptions. They played all the time. So we watched these guys, and we are like, you know what, we're, we're every bit as good or better. And we love to play them. So when we got the um, – and then the final, I guess the final little salt in the wound was when the brackets came out, 
and we were in the same regional, in the same region, and they were ranked, they were a number one seed, we were a number two seed in the Midwest, uh, Mideast Regional, rather. And so, you know, we knew that, you know, we looked at it and said, okay, we're going to meet these guys in the regional final. We're going to meet these guys for the right to go to the final four. And that's exactly how it played out. We were pumped for that game. We were pumped for that game. Uh, so much so, I remember me personally, I missed my first four or five shots in a row. And then I made like 15 of the next 16. So, wow. uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a great game for us, a great showcase for us. It, it demonstrated our ability to get up and down the floor. We were a running team. And, you know, Stacey, you, the teams you play in your conference, they can figure out a way to, you know, take some of that away. And you play these little grind out games and all of that. But then the minute you get to the tournament and you play in these teams that aren't as familiar, and you can really open it up. Yeah, That's what we were able to do against Notre Dame. We opened it up. And uh, and it was incredible. And uh, I still, you know, I, I remember Al McGuire and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Dick Emberg. On the call, they did a fantastic job with that game. Oh, I, I, I would urge all or if anybody's a historian of the game and you love college basketball and you're a big fan of college basketball, go back. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. It's the uh, 79. It was a game before the final four. Right. You guys won won that region to get to the final four. Right. That was the that was the victory that put us into the final yep. four in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. You got and you you were the uh, most outstanding, the mop they call it, the MOP, the most outstanding yeah. outstanding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I got I got I got one of those too, G. I got one of those Southeast region. Hey, listen, I, hey, I, I listen, I remember you very well in college, man. I was pulling for you guys so much, and I actually thought you were a fantastic player too. And and I thought that I I thought you were going to be the number one player taken in the draft that year, but. Things worked out. You went to the right team. Oh, the team. baby. I didn't win a championship at the college level. We got to this. We got to the. I didn't win one at the NBA level or Wait. two or three. <laughs> but I, was, I was a big Stacey King fan. I'll tell you that. I appreciate that, G. I appreciate it. One more. So, so before we get off the Michigan State, we're going to get on Detroit. What was it like playing for Judd Heathcote? Like, what what was that experience like? Because he's considered one of the, one of the you know best coaches in Big Ten history, one of the best coaches in college basketball. Talk a little bit about your relationship with him and, and him as a coach. I played three years for Judd Heathcote. I was I was recruited to Michigan State by Gus Kanakis, the then head coach. And I was so impressed with Gus Kanakis. I don't know if anybody has done what I did in terms of, I signed with Michigan State. I'd never seen the place. You know, I grew up in the military. I'm not from Detroit, but Detroit has been my home for the last 40 some years. Um, my dad was in the Air Force. He was from Detroit. And when he finished his 20 years in the Air Force, we moved to Detroit. So I got three straight years in the same high school, which was key. Uh, prior to that, I'd gone to 10 schools in nine years all over the country and abroad. Wow. I started playing basketball in Okinawa. Um, so uh, when Gus Kanakis and his staff began recruiting me, they were so impressive in terms of the, you know, the way they came and, and really uh, embraced my entire family. They, they really recruited my parents. You know, and my parents were like, this is where you ought to go. And I fully agreed with them. And I, I went. I signed with Michigan State. I'd never seen the campus. I'd never been to East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, I did take a, ver- a visit shortly after I signed, but I wanted to play for Gus Kanakis. So you can imagine, I was devastated when he was let go after my first year. My first year, we were picked to finish ninth in the conference. We finished fourth in the in the conference. So we exceeded all expectations, and they they still let him go. And they brought in Judd Heathcote from the from from uh, Montana University of Montana, where he'd had a lot of success, but none of us knew knew who he was. And so he came in, and it was the total other end of the spectrum from what we had grown accustomed to with Gus Kanaka. So it was definitely 
a major, major uh, adjustment that, that had to be uh, under, uh, undertaken. And, uh, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because Joe was, a, I mean, he was hard nosed. He was a, he was a ball buster. Uh, he was my way or the highway guy. And uh, there wasn't room for many mistakes or errors. So I, I have to admit that, you know, for a while, getting used to that basketball for the first time was not a whole lot of fun for me uh, because he was pounding every day, every day. But, you know, I came to understand and realize there was a method to his madness, that he really understood the game. He knew how to coach. He was a great X's and O's guy. And if you listened and, and, and worked hard and maybe didn't hone in so much on how the message came, but what the message was actually trying to impart, you could get better. And that's what I did. And of course, when we got Urban, that made a made it a whole lot easy for, easier for everyone. Um, he helped me to become a better player. He helped me to become a first round draft pick in the NBA. He helped me to become a champion on the college level. And uh, knowing all I know and how difficult it was maybe to play for him, uh, I would do it all over again. And that's the biggest compliment I think you can give anybody. Knowing all yeah. you know, would you do it again? I'd do it again. Judd Heathcote was a great coach. Greg, we had and, uh, and and he was a great friend after I was done playing for him. Really, you had a good relationship afterward. That's that's what you yeah. like. To, that's what you like to hear, you know. And I know parents like to hear that because you know once you once you get done with your four years, some coaches don't really care what you do unless you're a first round pick and you're in the NBA. Right. But some of those kids don't make it to the NBA, so it's good to know that you know if a guy didn't make it to the NBA, that a coach still loves him just as much as he did when he played for him. And you hear that a lot yeah. about coaches. Uh, Judd Heathcote died at the age of 90 in 2017. And uh, in 2016, once he finished coaching in Michigan State, he moved to Spokane, Washington. That that was his home. Um, In 2016, a bunch of us Spartans got on airplanes and we flew out for a weekend in Spokane just to hang out with Coach. I'm talking, you know, Scott Skiles, Steve Smith, uh, Sean Respert, um, so many Spartans. Players, Tom Izzo, you know, the coach, managers, we all descended upon uh, Spokane to spend the weekend with Coach, just to just really to say thank you. We had a ball out there, a blast. And then, of course, you know, a year later, uh, he passed away, and we were all there for his uh, for his funeral. So uh, he he had an impact, a large impact on many of us. Greg, I want to touch briefly on your NBA career. We had Eddie Johnson on our last show, a contemporary of yours, and he talked about the fact that he was an all-Big Ten player. He got drafted in the second round by Kansas City, and he, and he was kind of overwhelmed by some of the things he had to learn to become successful at the uh, NBA level. He talked about going to Pete Newell's big man camp to learn footwork. What was that adjustment like for you in, in going to the Pistons and, and trying to make your mark as an NBA player? Well, the most difficult thing for me was was – was, um, and I think for most players coming out is the, the rapid fire schedule that you, you're faced and, and having to play so many games uh, in, in such a short period of time. And, and, uh, uh, and I guess in a way, learning how to deal with, not accept, but deal with losing because you know, I lost more games in my first year uh, with the Pistons than I lost in my life and wow. uh, up to that point. And uh, it wasn't easy. Um but it was a it was a thrill in terms of being able to put my skill against the best in the world, and and do it on a nightly basis. And you had to be ready, otherwise you you're going to be in in for a long night, long nights, and you're going to you know perhaps get embarrassed. You had to come ready to play. Um, I, the the toughest thing for me was was when I got injured. I mean, I was I was I was I feel like I feel like I was 
I could have been an NBA all-star. Um, and, you know, my second year in the league, I think 10 or 12 games in, you know, I was at all-star numbers, 10, you know, 10 rebounds, not 10 rebounds, but maybe seven or eight rebounds a game, 22 points a game. This is 10 games in. When I suffered a knee injury that changed my whole basketball life, I was able to have surgery, a couple of surgeries, and push on for another four or five years. But uh, I was never quite the same. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I, do I regret it? No, I don't regret it because I got hurt playing hard as I possibly could. I wish I hadn't gotten hurt. I wish I would have loved to have been able to see what my, you know, what a 10 or 12, 15 year career could have netted for me, maybe a couple of championships, maybe some all-star appearances, who knows? But the one thing I always say is that the game owes you nothing. You know, we all go and we play and we try and get the most out of it. And some go far, others don't quite get as far. But um, uh, I think for me, the biggest thing that I have gotten out of it is the career I have after basketball. You know, that would not have happened had I not had the success maybe as a player. So I'm very, very thankful for what the game has given me. But uh, I'd say for most players coming in, when I came in and even now, it's just learning the game, how to, uh, how to play it at that level, how to, uh, to, to defend. That's one of the major adjustments that young players have, have you know, coming in, how to defend and how to be uh, even adequate defensively. And then, uh, you know, staying healthy and, and, and trying to uh, have as long a career as you possibly can. Don Chaney, you guys remember the great yep, Don Chaney? Yep. Don Chaney was an assistant coach uh, when I was with the Pistons, and I'll never forget. He told me, he says, Greg, stay in the league as long as you can. Stay in the league as long as you can. Now, I thought he was talking about as a player. But I'll say that now to somebody in, you know, in any capacity. Get in the league, stay in as long as you can. Make the most of it. And I've been affiliated with the NBA now for almost 40, 45 years. Wow. Wow. You know what? It's funny because we, you know, we talk about this this piston team. We're going to switch gears and talk about this young piston team. And and uh, the one thing that I've noticed the last couple of years is that you know, ever since you know uh, Dwayne Casey's been there, you know, they're building through the draft. You know, they're building, going with the young players. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to surround that young talent. Uh, with some seasoned veterans that can, you know, that can still play, not guys just waving towels, but guys that can actually go out there and perform. Um, and I'm impressed with them. Like, I mean, there, if Kate Cunningham doesn't get hurt, uh, that I, I think that Detroit team is is a lot better than what we've seen. I'd, I'd like to see him and Jay Niven, Jay Nivey play together. I think that's going to be a dynamic backcourt for the next 10 years if they are able to stay together. Uh, and you guys are building in the right direction. It's going to be pretty scary in a couple of years when you guys get some seasoning under your belt. We'd like to think so, Stacy. Obviously, the plan this year was not to be, uh, you know, competing for some lottery spot. You know, we were expecting to to win and maybe compete for a play-in spot at the very least. Um, but the loss of Kate is humongous. I mean, humongous. I can't tell you what a big blow that has been. But as we, you know, talked about. Uh, yesterday when we were, we were on the phone, you know, the decision was made and I think it was the right decision to go ahead and have the surgery on his shin, get it out the way so that, you know, he can go on from here and hopefully uh, have an injury-free uh, long career. But, um, you know, it, it uh, we are young and when everybody's young at the same time at, in this league, it, it does take some time to first learn how to uh, compete, to compete on a nightly basis and then finally how to win. We're learning how to compete, how to be competitive. 
what we're having a problem with is just winning on a consistent basis. I mean, we're in games and uh, we have a shot at it in the fourth quarter and, and then something goes wrong, as you know, can be the case a lot of times with young teams. Uh, and, and we end up losing games. But the one thing I will say, and I've been in these situations both as a player and as a broadcaster, and uh, it's easy when teams are not having the success uh, that they envision to fall apart, point fingers, all that stuff. There's been none of that with the Pistons. These guys, they like being, they like being around each other. They work hard. They work after practice. They work, you know, lifting weights after games. They're, they're, they have fun on the bus, on the plane. They're together. They've stayed together. And that's the one thing I can say has been uh, really good for them. There has been no dissension. Uh, they all know what they're in it for, and they're all patient, and they're all working hard, and they've never stopped uh, keeping the eye on that goal. <laughs> all right, Greg, uh, buckle up. The uh, third member of our podcast team, the great Tim Kelly, always does uh, research on our, our guests. And he comes up with a question that may or may not make any sense. So, Tim, what, what do you got for Greg today? All right, Greg, um, can you tell us a story about yours and Magic's matching Mercedes that you guys got your senior year? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh baby, is there a statute of limitations? Oh, baby, NCAA, don't listen, baby. Turn <laughs> off the show. Well, Way to try to get him in trouble, Tim. That's right. No, no. Well, here, here's the deal on that. Here's the deal on that. And uh, so Urban and I, and, and Jay Benson, you know, we were the, the Jay, Jay wasn't going to come out. We knew everyone was coming out after, after the season was over. And we always talked about, you know, either getting a Mercedes or getting a Cadillac or something like that. And um, once we won the championship, it was like, man, I, I like Mercedes and Urban's like, I like it too. So we went out, <laughs> we went about business of trying to put the best deal we could put together, you know, to buy a pair of these vehicles. And we went to the local dealership in Lansing. And believe it or not, this guy didn't want to deal with us. He, oh, he, was, he, was willing, he was willing to sell us vehicles, but at sticker price, full wow. price. And, you know, Irvin and his agent had a much better deal in Chicago waiting, and I had a much better deal with my uh, academic advisor who was from uh, Cleveland. He had put together a really good deal in Cleveland. So Irvin went to Chicago and saved 15% on, on the vehicle, which was a lot of money. And I went to Cleveland and got mine, and we came back to Lansing. And uh, <laughs> we met, uh, and, you know, they started taking pictures. And uh, we went to a basketball court, and we parked them on a basketball court and shot some hoops around it and everything. All the folks came out of the dorms and everything. It was just like a big, big showtime party or something. The next day, the AP wire had picked that picture up, and it was all over the country. And it was under the heading, this is what. Uh, future NBA dollars can buy you. Because we were both still in school, but we were done with our eligibility. So it was okay wow. to get those big. We didn't have any money. Our agent set the deal up, and we started paying on them after we got drafted. But, man, it was nice being 21 years old and Urban 19, and we're riding around in shining brand-new Mercedes. We, we got the picture up right now, Stacy, on YouTube, of the Can matching Mercedes, yeah. Go. Yeah. Ah, well, uh, NCAA is on line one. <laughs> they want to talk to Timmy Whispers and find out where he got that information from. See, at, at Oklahoma, you could get that Mercedes uh, at the beginning of, of the college. Hey, you know what? I, <laughs> hey, I ain't going to lie, G. I took a pay cut when I came to the league. <laughs> I'm upset about it. I'm upset about it. I was, I, I'm, uh, NCAA statute of limitations, baby, can't come back and get us. With the NIL now. With the NIL? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I know how that feeling is. Wait, hey, let me tell you, Wayman. Wayman, when I came, when I came to Oklahoma, 
and I had I'd signed with them in the summer, and Wayman uh, decided to go pro his senior year. So they had just came off the Elite Eight. They lost to Memphis uh, in mm-hmm. the Dallas uh, Southeast region and uh, missed going to the Final Four. And Wayman told me he was, uh, you know, he wasn't coming back. You know, he wasn't coming back to Oklahoma. He's going to go pro. And I remember him having the first uh, El Dorado I'd ever seen. You know, it was it was clean. And I remember him driving that El Dorado in front of the girls' dorm and honking the horn, and all the girls came out. And that's when I knew I was coming to this school. <laughs> I, I was glad I signed with Oklahoma, baby. Oh, I'm live. I got the Wayman Tisdale plan, baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, NCAA. Let me ask, let me ask you a question, uh, Stacey. Uh, Wayman, you know, he was a legend. Yep. But did you know he was so musically talented at that time or did yep. it come later? No, he he had been musically talented. He played in his dad's church as a as a as a young boy. So mm-hmm. even when I was when he was at school, he had a bass. Now you got to remember he's left handed, so yeah. you know they didn't have they didn't have basses back then for left handed people. You know, so he had to learn how to play it a different way. And it's uh, really super musically talented man. I mean, he'd just sit there and you'd be in the room with him. He'd be strumming away. Uh, it, it was it was an amazing thing. So then when he got it, when he decided that that's what he wanted to do uh, and go into music, it didn't surprise any of us who, who knew him in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was fantastic. I still have all his stuff and, you know, definitely gone too soon. Yeah, he. You know what? One of the one of the you know not only one of the coldest players uh, in the history of basketball, but one of the nicest people. He's always been my mentor since I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he took me under his wing. You know, we're both left-handed. Uh, we played for the same you know AAU team, and you know he took me under my wing probably when I was about a junior in high school. Um, you know, and I used to go up to Norman and hang out in his dorm. I I used to think that was the coolest thing because, like, you know, you up there with this superstar, this dude dropping sixty seven on people, you know, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, and I I remember going on visits and people when they found out I was from Oklahoma, that's all they wanted to talk about was Wayman. Man, is Wayman? Man, is Wayman dropping fifty sixty? I remember Lynn Bias asked me, "Is is Wayman as good as is what they're saying he is?" I said, "Man, he's better." He's yeah. better, dude. That dude's <laughs> unstoppable. And would have been the first, would have been the first uh four-time first team consensus all-American had he, you know, stayed his senior year. Oh yeah. Oh, no question about it. Uh, by the way, we uh our our march to the uh championship in 79, we played your coach in the uh in our second game, I think, on Tubbs. Billy Tubbs. Yeah, he was at Lamar. Yeah, he was at Lamar. Y'all beat him. Obviously, you beat him. Did you beat him bad? We beat them bad. The funny thing is, the funny, the funny thing is, they played the University of Detroit in their first game. We had a bye, and they beat Detroit. They upset Detroit. Detroit had Terry Durod, Earl Curitan. Oh wow! And uh, and they uh, they got on television, and two of their big stars from the game talked about, okay, well we. We just knocked off Detroit. We'll get Michigan State next, and we'll be done with the state of Michigan. Wow. That, <laughs> you, know, that's that, all, you, know, that's all, you know that's all we needed to hear. And that's how Tubbs was. <laughs> Tubbs was. Tubbs was a brash dude. I remember winning oh, yeah, I remember winning the first time in Kansas, in, in Lawrence, Kansas, for the first time in like five years. And mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't even for the conference leader. It was just a regular conference game. There were still about 15 games going conference. And he said, hey, go get, you know, go get some scissors and go cut the nets down. 
So we was like looking at him like, what? Go cut the nets down. He said, yeah, go out there and cut them damn nets down. We won. So we, you know, I'm like a freshman. I'm like, I'm going to cut that down. So I'm going out there with these older dudes. Man, they throwing people, throwing things at us, trying to hit us in the head. I mean, they would not let us cut the nets down. Police came and escorted us off. But it was that that kind of attitude that, like, we liked his players. Like, he he really uh-huh. stood up. He really stood up for his players, man. And, you know, a funny thing, too, in that 79, uh, in that 79 tournament, Oklahoma lost to Indiana State or Indiana State, the Larry Bird's team. So Oklahoma was in that it was in that tournament as well. And then Tubbs ended up going over there the next year. Hey, Greg, speaking of yeah. those speaking of those brackets, uh, what do you think about when Obama was first in office and he was doing his brackets on national TV and said, I got to go back to the good old days with uh, Magic Bird and Kelser? You know what? Uh, somebody called me that morning, woke me up and said, hey, did you hear? You got a shout out from the president. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, that was stunning for me. That was stunning. I so appreciate it, though. <laughs> yeah, I was a, I was a, I was a new kind of celebrity for uh, for a few days after that. <laughs> that, was, that was tremendous. But you know what? It, it I think at the time he was probably seventeen, and uh, you know probably one of his childhood memories that he'll never forget. And we all have them. We all have them. Well, I'll tell you what, G, you one of the best in the business, man. I'm glad to call you a friend, and I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. We're back to work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we got Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, we got Atlanta, and then we got back to back with uh, Indiana in Indiana. We go on a, a four or five day road trip, so right. off the road to being back on the road. There it is. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you, man. Anytime you want me on, just give me a call. You, you know, I, 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 I admire you. I enjoy your work, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Yes, and, sir. And Greg, uh, Stacy's a big business centrop and. What's the right word? Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. It's a French word. He's yeah, got he's, French he's word. got his own signature hot sauce. So we're going to send you some of those bottles your way, so you can sample the great, the best hot sauce awesome. in the business. Now, now I got Tim's name, and your name is Mark. Mark. Mark and yeah. Tim. Yeah. Hey guys, enjoy being on here with you as well. Thank you. Maddie's going to get your address to send this uh, my signature hot sauce. Trust me, it'll be some of the All best right. hot sauce you have ever tasted. Boy. I love hot sauce. I look forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward for you to get it. Give me your review. I will. Greg Kelser, our special guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're coming back. We'll talk a little bit of football and what we're watching on TV. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Well, you heard our special guest, Greg Kelser. Can't wait to get his shipment of Stacy's special hot sauce. And uh, we got a special guest to tell you how you can get your bottles as well. Christopher Walken, back from Fort Myers. Hi. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you last show. I I doubt it. I mean... (laughs) There was no fan fanfare at all. No one cared. All right. Are you looking to score some of the hottest sauce in the game? Well, you're in luck. We've got all the sauce your kitchen needs from Chicago Fire 1871. The hottest of the bunch to our king's favorite, St. Pet's Verde. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the hot sauce has got you covered. Stop by GiveMeTheHotSauce.com. Use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order. It's good to have you back, Chris. Thanks. So what, what was uh, what was Whispers doing on Fort Myers? Did he did he package any hot sauce when he was down there? He was packing something that wasn't hot sauce. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, this is this is a rated G channel, buddy. I was talking about his concealed carry. Oh oh, you got concealed carry? I do. Well, you got to in your big star like Christopher Walken. That's right. You never know when you got to whack somebody. Do you have it now? That's right. <laughs> Maybe you need to go to a different room, Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know, he's on this little raw. Show Chris Walken, show the little raw dyed you're on. 
he's cleansing America because he's tired of getting packed with hot sauce. <laughs> so he's decided to cleanse. <laughs> well, you can do the hot sauce cleanse too. If you drink enough of that, believe me, clean out your clean system. You out. Just yeah, like yeah. whispers. Just <laughs> like whispers. It's good for you. Don't look at me, you. D. You're next. <laughs> Hey, the last oh. NFL playoff game is in the books. The oh, San Francisco 49ers God. hung on to beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12. to oh. None of the games were particularly oh, exciting uh, this weekend. They, they, some people call it the best weekend in sports. We get the four oh, semifinalists man. going head-to-head, but the you know uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and that game wasn't, wasn't that great. Giants got destroyed by the Eagles, and the game uh, Buffalo didn't really play well this afternoon either. So it was, it was kind of a weird <sighs> semifinal round. I'll tell you what, give Cincinnati credit. They went into Buffalo in the snow and won that oh, game. Oh, they played Completely well. Completely yeah. dominated the Buffalo Bills, which I don't think anyone thought was going to happen. All right? Joe Burrow he's is the real deal. deal. Oh, he's yeah. the man. Yeah. He's the real deal. Yeah, Joey B, he's the real deal. Joe I'm Cool. Not, get some more fur yeah, coats. Joe Cool. Yeah, get some more fur coats <laughs> coming there with the chain on uh, in Kansas City. He's going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's not 100%. And they could win that game because it's yeah. not like – Well, they beat him last year in listen, Kansas City. Listen, Kansas City does not – you don't fear Kansas City now, especially with Patrick Mahomes not being 100%. Yeah, if he can't he's scramble, a, I think he's got a third-degree sprain, they said, high ankle sprain. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. A high ankle sprain is no joke. It's not no, like they can no wave, wave their magic no. wand and, and seven days later he's no. going to be better. And, and the, thing about, the thing about Patrick Mahomes is because he moves around the pocket so much and, and really extends plays – that is going to really limit his ability to do those things and uh, to evade a rush. You know, I mean, Cincinnati's got a pretty good solid defense, you know, so especially in the front four, uh, they can put a lot of enormous pressure on him. They can blitz because they know that he can't move around. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have to they're going to have to use some bubble screens. Um, I'm sure Andy Reid's going to have a game plan to, to go against what they're going to face against Cincinnati. And there's no fear factor for the Bengals no going in there because they beat them last year. Matter of fact, they've beaten them three times in a row counting regular season games. So they're going to go into Kansas City and, and they're going to feel like, hey, we're the favorites in this game against the Chiefs. Well, as long as you got Joe Cool there. I mean, yeah. uh, that, that kid exudes confidence. And, you know, Jamar Chase is an excellent T. T uh, Higgins is another great receiver. And then Joe Mixon was the reason why they run today. Yeah. You know, Joe Mixon, uh, boomer sooner, Joe. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to the sooner, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think he had over 105 yards rushing and really kept, uh, you know, Buffalo's defense on the field and their offense off the field. The Eagles look great in just dismantling the New York Giants on Saturday night. And 49ers got through with Brock Purdy, but that was probably one of his uh, less impressive efforts. Uh, Of course, he was the last pick in the draft this year and has done a magnificent job getting them as far as he has. How do you look at that San Francisco-Philadelphia matchup? First of all, America, I just want to say the Cowboys need to make a quarterback change. They need to get a new quarterback. Dak Prescott is just not doing it for him. I'm just. He was good last week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, but come on, that's Tampa Bay. (laughs) Come on, man. Everybody's you know. Listen, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions today. They were costly, Mm -hmm. costly interceptions. Uh, His his inability to move the ball down the field. I mean, C.D. Lamb was open in full stride, blew right by the cornerback. All you had to do is throw it up there and let him run underneath it. Couldn't even get it there. And and then the biggest problem I have with Dak Prescott is is. You are supposed to be a dual threat quarterback. You are no longer a dual threat quarterback. You have now just regulated yourself to be the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, because all you do is stay in the pocket. Sometimes in these situations, man, you've got to move. You got to get out and run and get that first down. You can't keep trying to look 
uh, for an open man. I mean, keep your eyes up the field, but when you got lanes to run, you got to run. Get the 10 yards, get out of bounds, slide, do whatever you got to do. It's almost like he's afraid. Me and Tim were talking about it. It's almost like he's afraid because he's been hit so many times that he he refuses to run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to be in the market for a new kicker as Brett Maher uh, oh, man. really hurt them in the postseason, although it was yeah. not. He did it, miss an extra point that was blocked, but that was not a deciding factor in the game on Sunday night. Hey, uh, Tim, your guy uh, Drew, the water guru, Stacy sent something out on the group text with him doing his little spiel. Oh, yeah, man. talking about forever. Chemicals. Do we have that? What, what, do, do what was that? that? Do we I have mean, it, guys? He puts out these videos all the time. Has he got like Every millions week. of followers? Drew no, he's got, eight, he's got eight followers. Eight, <laughs> eight followers. And it's his family, his, uh, his, uh, his children's friends. That's how eight followers. But when I was watching, I'm thinking, okay, he's practicing. And then, then now we'll do the real one, you know? No, when I, no, saw, no. When I saw him, he had a white beater on with he had hair, <laughs> on, his, hair on his shoulders. And he had like a, a, a marinara sauce stain on his shirt. So, I mean, you know, I'm like, and he's trying to sell water. I'm like, I wouldn't buy water from this guy. Where'd he get it from? Where'd he get the water from the toilet? <laughs> Did you listen like, to what he was talking about, the forever chemicals? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, he does give good information. It's kind of scary. Chief Little Legs, if you're out there listening, because I know you are. Hey, man, we love you, man. Yeah. Listen, hey, listen. Just put a, <laughs> just put a shirt on next time. So, so tell yeah. the folks about Angel Water. Yeah, wait, Come on. Oh, man. Read it, read it, Tim. All right. There's a <laughs> after, lot. After we destroyed yeah, after him. After we destroyed our, his best friend. He destroyed Sorry. his best friend. Just lost another sponsor. <laughs> Sorry, Drew, the water, water guru. There's a lot of nasty crap in Chicago water. There and, you go. Uh, that's why we only drink the high quality angel water with no forever chemicals in it right here. Here in the hot sauce studios. Stay hydrated all year long with and water. It is you can hot trust. in the hot sauce studios. It, it is. is very it's a little hot. It's hot. It could be those sweaters you guys are wearing. <laughs> well, it's freaking cold outside. What do you think? Yeah, but it's not cold in here. Well, I don't know, you want us to walk, walk around with a woman beater and a wife beater on in here? I mean, what are you I talking about? I think we about? should try that one, Joe. No, it's hot as Just hell in here, man. Tank tops. Oh, my God. I'm like frosting the snowman in Vegas at a pool party. Jesus. <laughs> Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today by Drew, the water guru. Drew, I, I need another bottle of water, please. I'm, I'm dying out here, man. So I'm dying. I'm this slow death. I drink. Look, this is so good. I drink it. Look, there he is on the bottle. It's hot in here, man. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Time for our favorite segment. What are we watching? Brought to you by none other than Bigger's Mazda. Bigger's! Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Recently celebrating their grand opening, Bigger's is offering a bottle of Stacy's signature hot sauce with the first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. Your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to a stunning Miata. Come join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Bigger's Mazda. Bigger's! Of course, Stacey's Bears. been in Paris. Really haven't had a chance to. Did you ever finish uh, the half season of Yellowstone? Did you get through that? Yet? Uh, no. All right. Well, I won't, I won't give you any spoilers. No, don't don't say anything. Oh, Mark. remember that one part, Mark? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Farley. Remember the time? That was awesome. That was awesome. So, t- whispers. You got something that you can sell the folks on? Well, we. Uh, I did Avatar too, like uh, Stacey oh, you did? just okay. did. Yes, Avatar too. But but what's really disturbing is that show White Lotus. I watched the first season, now in the second one. Yeah. Because people were talking about it. Wow. <laughs> did you see on Saturday Night Live yesterday they did Black Lotus? No. With Aubrey Plaza was the host. It was hilarious. Oh, that yeah, was go funny. Back and Check see that. that out. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched that? White Lotus? Yeah. I got through two episodes, just didn't care for it. No, that's the thing. I'm like, this has to go somewhere. So I kind yeah. of force myself to. Yeah. And then it does get really kind of intense and just right. completely off the rails. And uh, yeah, because of where it goes, it's, it is actually worth watching. Yeah, it's it's. I started watching. It's, it's, it's disturbing. It's yeah. 
Yeah, it's very disturbing. Very it's got a good following, though. You know, people people enjoy it. It's a dark comedy, too. You have to recognize that because you, right. you have to laugh. I mean, some of the stuff that the husband is. Steve's on. Yeah, he just kills yeah. me. And the stuff he says to Steve's his kid and funny. stuff. Yeah, he kills. You got anything for the folks, Stacey? I know you've been out of out of the country, oh, so man. you really probably haven't been watching much TV. Well, I went to go see Avatar Avatar Two today, and uh, how, how many years was it between the two? About a hundred. It man, it seems like it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't age, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but we do. I know <laughs> <laughs> we aged, okay. But it was, I think it was over three hours. And then Sigourney and, Weaver playing a kid. That was kind of yeah, yeah. bizarre. That was kind of weird. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, okay. Well, sort of. Uh, but it was good, though. It was a three-hour movie. It was good. Saw it over at Star Grill. Shout out to Star Grill. Uh, oh, yeah, your guy's it. back there. I saw him the other day. Yeah, but he wasn't there today. It was terrible service. I'm just going to throw that out there. It was terrible service today. <laughs> my waiter was bad and the service was bad. So, But if my man my man was there, it wouldn't have happened. So I'm going to throw that out there. Shout out to Star Grill. You know you won't probably won't sponsor us now, but I don't care. Okay? <laughs> So I saw Avatar, and then second is The Woman King. Good my second one up there, guys. The Woman King. I'm going to tell you something. If you have not seen this movie, check it out. This is an awesome movie. This is kind of like the Black Panther, but without the costume. Yeah. She, she is, uh, she's, this lady here is the head, like the general of the king's army, and it's all nothing but women. And so these women, they go in and they do these missions, and they go, you know, they fight men. You know, they're fighting the Westerners. And it's, I'm telling you, man, it's a, it's a great story. It's a great, a lot of action. Um, I suggest people to go see that. And um, it's worth it. It's it's really, I, I forgot her name. What's her, what's the name of that actress right there? Do you know? We'll, we'll get the hot sauce crew yeah, on Yeah, the that. hot sauce crew. They, yeah. They're looking at me like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I found a show that was a lot of fun to watch called The Recruit on Netflix about a young attorney who's looking for something more exciting. So he joins the CIA as he's supposed to be a lawyer for the CIA oh, yeah. and he gets thrown out. He gets thrown out into the field and he gets in this high level controversy, you know, trying to uh, get this uh, Russian prisoner, not to drop a dime on the CIA. And it's, it's really twisted, but there's a lot of humor in it, which is, which makes it a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of these shows kind of follow the same formula, but he's got a bunch of his coworkers that he's the new guy. Obviously you can see by the photo, how young he is. And they're all they're all trying to sabotage him. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of humor along the way. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was talking to Francisco. He was watching uh, to catch a predator because he was on episode seventeen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris Hansen. <laughs> Chris Hansen caught him. Chris Hansen caught him. You know who I am, <laughs> <laughs> sir? Why are you Why are you there with that uh, Mount Prospect tight T shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Nick's laughing. He was on. What, what would you do with John Keonis? <laughs> <laughs> There's the hot sauce crew. Uh, that's the hot sauce crew right there. Chris Hansen popped out of, popped out of the kitchen. He said, he said uh, what are you doing with that tight T-shirt on you had in the ninth grade? Well, Chris, uh, is it okay if I leave? Yeah, you can leave. As soon as he walked out the door, he got mobbed by like eight police officers. <laughs> we have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is the girl you're talking to isn't showing up. Seriously, seriously, no, America. He yeah. wasn't. Uh, he wasn't on catch to catch a predator. But I, I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love that show, man. I, I, I mean, it's. I love Chris Hansen when he pops out of nowhere. You know, the it little girl the goes, little girl, the little girl go, I'll be right back. I've been checking on the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy come in here and he goes, just make yourself comfortable. And the guy started taking his clothes off. He's sweating. It's hot. Like in his room is hot. He's sweating. And then all of a sudden Chris Hansen pops out in his little suit. Uh, so John seven, two, seven, four, two, four, one. What are you doing? 
<laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> oh, I I was just here to I was just here to you know t- they said it was going to be a party. Do you see any people? <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris Hansen, man. Seriously, I, I, I love. I mean, I, until he got caught, he got caught doing something. Chris Hansen got caught doing something. Yeah, Chris Hansen got caught doing something. Somebody caught him. So uh, sorry, Chris Hansen. I didn't want to tell everybody that, but you did get caught doing something. Well, hey, ne- next back. show, next show, we're gonna have to get uh, Mike's. What what is he watching? You're, oh, you're Windy City driver. Oh boy, yeah. Mike is getting ready to go to the Springsteen concert. Is uh, he's going to you know he's a big Bruce Springsteen yeah, fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike listens to Bruce Springsteen all the time. I'm not. I don't got Mike tonight. Oh, drive. you don't have Mike. I, right. I, drove, I drove Sheila myself, baby. Oh. I was at the movie, baby. I had to drive myself. Uh, <laughs> so Mike, Mike is going to the to the uh, Bruce Springsteen concert. He's going to one in. There's one in. Uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, there's one overseas, and I, I think it's uh, Paris. I think it's in in France. He's going there. And so, shout out to my man Mike. Business uh, is good for Mike. Yeah, but business is booming. Yeah, he's working for me tomorrow because we gotta. He's gonna take me to the game tomorrow night. He's gonna pick me up and take me to the airport. He's gonna pick me up on Saturday when I come. He was there for me when I came home from France. Nice. He had a Lou Malnati's pizza waiting for me. That's, not that's, not a half a chicken. No, no. He he, he texted me. He said, "Hey, you. I'm gonna pick you up. Do you want me to grab you a Lou Malnati's, like a small one?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." He got one too, right? Nice. And so he ate his before I came in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to Mike, man. Yeah. Mike's always taking care of me. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy; it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic to get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Windy City at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. Or go online to WindyCityLimos.com. And all you criminals out there, stay out of Whisper's yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, stay he's, out of he's had a rough time. Yeah, yeah. stay out of there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, stay out of there. Yeah. It's a rough town, yeah. man. Chris Hansen on you. We'll pull a Chris Hansen on you. Don't do it. Yeah. So, so what happens when you're done with the cleanse? How do you celebrate that? The cleanse? Oh, I'm going to go ahead and get a big, nasty steak, a few beers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, no. It's not going to be pretty. Just destroy Just all that like work you've done. Really you know good. what it says? Yeah. It says you have to ease yourself back sure, into it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. No. No, you got to blitz it. That's yeah. the way you live your life. Yeah. Nah, he's yeah, going yeah. after the cleanse. He's going straight to the steam room. <laughs> and he's just going to sit in there. Man <laughs> code there. violation. Man code violation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there what the <laughs> hell? That's a new violation sound. Yes, we can say it. Yes, we can. He's going to the man. He's going to the. He's going to the steam room, because you know he'll have his abs be be you know some definitions of abs because in yeah. five days of not eating anything but just drinking juice. Yeah, he's Ooh. not going to show off a six pack. He's no. going to drink a six pack. And then, right. and then he'll be out there. You know, you, you he know, bounce he, right back. <laughs> just a liquid diet. That's impressive though for him to be on liquid diet. That's impressive. And this know? one's actually healthy. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to the usual liquid diet. He let me taste yeah, it. He let me taste his little watermelon water. Yeah. I mean, beer is plant based. Yeah, it was a lot um, of water in it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good. Well, there's no, <laughs> there's no sugar in it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just so, saying. how many more days, Whisper? Four more. This is the first oh, day. Oh, you just started. Oh, just my started. goodness. Oh. And Maddie was kind enough. She bought enough pizza to feed an army and wings and the whole yeah. bit. And Whisper's yeah. is drinking water. Yeah, I get water. to stare at it. Yeah, that's all I can do is stare at it, America. It's okay, though. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. We want to thank our guest, Greg Kelser. He was fantastic talking about playing with Magic Johnson on a 79 title team. 
course, now he's a broadcaster for the Pistons, and he was over in Paris for the game with the Bulls and the Pistons earlier this week. Bulls have a busy week coming up with four games, a chance to maybe move up in the Eastern Conference standings. You want to tell the folks about our guests coming up next week, or is that still uh, under wraps? Can we announce that or, or no? What day is that? February 1st. <gasps> oh, February 1st, we got a surprise guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the one and only Michelle Beadle will be on the show. And she will bring the hot sauce. Yes. And wait a minute. Future guest, America. The big baller himself. LeVar Ball, baby, will be on the show (laughs) at some point. I had a, I had an opportunity to talk to LeVar in, in uh, Paris. Yeah. I'll tell you what, a very entertaining guy, man. He's going to give me some big ball of gear. He's going to send me some. I just talked to uh, his guy, Joe. Uh, they're going to be on the, he's going to be on the show. We're going to get some, get some big ball. Y'all not getting any big ball of gear. I it's know. just me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then uh, the Sriracha crew, I'm getting them some. All right, so look forward to that. Some more A-list guests coming up on Give Me the Hot Sauce. I'm sorry, guys. I just lied. You're not getting shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, guys. It's just a thought. I just wanted to sound really cool on the air. I'm sorry. D, for your little comment earlier, you're not getting nothing, okay? Hey, thanks to all the folks on the YouTube chat. We'll be coming at you again next week with a brand new episode. That's going to do it for 115. It's in the books. 115. Drive home safe to Chicago. Does it again?